Good evening, everyone. How are y'all doing? This is Deborah Dawson. Deborah, how are you? How are you? I am doing great. It's wonderful to hear your voices. Thank y'all for coming to join us for a quick 15. It is 814, and Pastor Scott will be chiming in shortly. I am looking so forward to a time of devotion and prayer and more fellowship with y'all on the phone. Oh, okay. praise God. All right. Hello, Pastor. Hello, Pastor. Hello, Pastor. How are you all doing? Men's Day was great, Pastor. Men's Day was was excellent. I love the pastor. He had a wonderful message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for for joining. And um, I don't. Hello, 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 hello. We're going to get ready to get started. Um, Yes. Right now. All right, uh, I'm going to uh, ask Deb. She's going to have to. All right. Can you all hear me? All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started as far as tonight's uh, devotion is concerned. And what I want to do is I want to call your attention interestingly, to the book of Revelation, and I want to read uh, Revelation chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, and it reads like this. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this art against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come, up, come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. This is Jesus writing to one of the seven churches of Asia Minor that the Apostle John records. And I believe that this is written to the church at Ephesus. And it is interesting to note that in this particular writing, which is oftentimes called the apocalyptic literature or the unveiling, as far as some particular futuristic event that is to come, John sees the resurrected and ascended Christ giving his concerns to seven churches of Asia Minor. And a lot of these churches, the apostles, particularly Paul, had something to do with their establishment. So tonight we zoom in on the church at Ephesus. And as we zoom in on the church at Ephesus, 
we are aware that Jesus is aware of all they have done, everything that they have done, their ministry, their service, their patience, how they despised evil, how they were able to test those who claimed to be apostles but were not, how they had patience as far as the work is concerned, how they labored, but they left their love for God. So I want to unpack this because when enthusiasm lacks love, your faith is meaningless. Let me say that again. When enthusiasm lacks love, your faith is meaningless. Love, God's unconditional love, God's agape love, is the crux of our faith. We can study the Bible like a scholar. We can pray like a prayer warrior. We can evangelize the world like it's ending at midnight tonight and still miss the mark of faith. Why? Because we can know the word of God and not have love. We can pray like a warrior and not have love. We can even evangelize and not have love. Isn't that something? You can do all these things for the sake of the kingdom and miss out on your reward because you don't have love. The church at Ephesus was one of the most influential communities of that particular time. Uh, they went through persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They put up with a lot of, of intimidation because of them calling on the name of Jesus. But Ephesus is the first church that Jesus holds accountable in his revelation to John and it's not for their lack of zeal. Notice what he says. You've been patient. You've endured many things because of my name. You have not gotten tired, but I have this issue against you. You left your first love. Remember where you messed up. Say you're sorry and do the works you first did. Because if you don't, I'm coming to you and I'm going to remove your lampstand from this place unless you repent. The lampstand back during that time was referred to the pastor or the angel of that house. That God was going to remove the person that had the word for that particular house. Although the Ephesian church had remained outwardly faithful in their hard circumstances, Jesus threatened to remove his presence. The community, they were doing everything right, maintaining orthodox standards, testing apostles, refusing to tolerate evil, but they no longer delighted in the grace that they first knew. They weren't motivated by love. And it is interesting to note that churches, even in 2020, can get caught up in the same thing. For example, we can uh, serve the homeless, we can provide meals and groceries for families that are enduring tough times. When we were open and able to come together as a community of faith, we could worship hard. But if you don't have love, it means nothing. 
Paul even brings up this reprimand to the church at Corinth when he says you can speak with the tongues of angels and men. You can have the gift of prophecy. You can have faith that can move mountains. And we are nothing without love. Paul continued his poetic move that speaks hard but necessary truth. He said, even if we give up all of our possessions, even if we hand over our bodies that they may be burned, if we don't have love, it does not benefit us. It does not earn us favor with God. These passages should shake us because too many of us think that we curry favor with God because of work. But we curry favor with God when our work is linked to our love for God. You can't rely on correct doctrines for approval. We need to take our cues from Jesus in his words to the church at Ephesus. If we think our evangelistic efforts, our church involvement, our Bible reading, our giving tithes and offerings merits God's favor, we are mistaken. If we give money but don't have love, if we read the Bible and don't, do not have love, if we are involved in the ministry and do not have love, it means nothing. God shows God's grace toward us because he loves. And we should do whatever we do because of love. It should motivate our giving. It should motivate our serving. It should motivate our prayers. It should motivate our studying the word of God. It should motivate how we interact with each other. Jesus says, by this, men may know you are my disciples by how you what? Love one another. It is God's love that ought to initially motivate our love and it is God's love that ought to sustain our love. And it is God's love that when we show love to others, that people ought to know that God loves them. As I get ready to close for this evening, and we get ready to have prayer because of love, I want to encourage you to understand that whatever you do, do it because of God's love in your life that propels you to do what you do. St. Paul, you have proven yourself to me over these last four years of how loving of a church you are. Very kind, very gracious, very generous. And it's my hope and prayer that everyone who becomes a part of this fellowship will continue to grow in the love of God because of grace and knowledge. And so as I close tonight, I just want to remind you that whatever we do, we do it because of love. We sing because of love. We worship because of love. We read the Bible because of love. We preach because of love. We teach because of love. And we love because of love. So St. Paul, I love you not on my own accord, but I love you because God first loved me. And God has instilled God's love in me so that I can love you. And I know that God has instilled God's love in you so that you can love me. And I know that God has instilled God's love in us so that we can love one another and then take our love and serve God's hurting world. Amen.
come to you because of your love for us and because we love each other. And God, I pray right now that for the various concerns that have been shared, concerns for our pastor emeritus, concerns for our executive minister, concerns for our fellow disciples, concerns for uh, the family members of the disciples that are online. God, we bring them to you because we know you can deal with them, and we do it because of love. We understand, oh God, that in these perilous times, that only you can keep us and sustain us. And Lord, I pray that right now you will remind us of how loved we are because you first loved us. Lord, I thank you right now for each and every person that is on this call. I pray right now, God, that you will hear their prayer. While we were all talking at the same time, you were able to sift out who was who, what prayer went to what person, and we know you can move accordingly. So we thank you, God, for you being who you are. So God, there are people who need healing. If it's your will, do it. There are people who need comforting. Send your comforter. There are people who need peace. Send your peace. There are people who need to be reminded of joy. Give them joy. There are people, God, that have financial concerns. We pray, oh God, that you would meet their need. There are people who need to be reminded they are not alone. God, send your presence. But even more importantly than that, oh God, whatever we do, 
for the sake of bringing you glory. Let us do it from a posture and a position of love. Now, God, as we close out this prayer on this evening, keep us in your love, bathe us in your love, sustain us in your love, bless us with your love so that we can love each other, love the unlovable, pray for our enemies, be concerned about those who don't care about us, and let our light so shine in a dark and dismal world. Why? Because of your love. And it is because of love we seal this prayer with an amen and a thank you. Amen. 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 Everybody have a blessed night. Yes, good week.